This is the Healthcare Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. No industry, including sick care, can be fixed from inside. For every one hour that they spend on patient care, they're spending up to two hours on EHR data entry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Healthcare Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. The modern workforce has really become a hub for innovation. Collaborative technology, open floor space design, cybersecurity infrastructures, it's all rather incredible, to put it lightly. But one of my personal favorites is innovations in employee engagement. You know, it's not a technology, it's more of a a cultural innovation. Not only can employee engagement motivate healthier and more satisfied employees, but physical engagement can bring a company major savings in health premiums too. So here to tell us why they leaned into employee health and wellness and how they did it are Elena Mathia, president and CEO of MTM, and Chris Molesky, director of wellness and benefits at MTM. Elena, Chris, great to have you both on. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you for having us today. Great, Daniel. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm excited to dig in here. And I know you both have a really uh, personal passion for fitness and healthy living. It's a, it's a deeper love. It's not just surface level, which is great. Um, so I wanted to just get a, a perspective here. Where does that stem from for each of you? And what kind of life experiences do you have around fitness and healthy living? And you know, how has that impacted you? And we'll start with Elena. Yeah, growing up, my mom used to do Jane Fonda workouts every morning, so she was really, <laughs> yeah, those uh, nice 1980s uh, videos were really inspiring, and she got up every morning and woke us all up in the house doing her workouts, and so it just started from having parents who valued health and fitness, and we did all kinds of sports growing up, soccer, cross country, basketball, softball. And just always got great satisfaction and well-being from being outside, exercising, pushing yourself, competing and winning. But all together, just I think it really helped us stay active and then really translated to our performance at school as well. It kept us engaged and making good grades. So it was it was a circular benefit. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you bring up that sort of multifaceted aspect of it is that it's not just um it's not just physical wellness, but when you are keeping your body healthy, your mind is healthy as well, and that can be seen at work, can be seen in your personal life, you know, it it really stems beyond just heart health and and feeling like you're fit. Absolutely. And then Chris, how about for you? I know that you're involved in in a lot of different sort of sport and fitness organizations in St. Louis, which is where you're based. Uh, give me a little more um, of, a, of insight there. You know, wh- what do you do in your spare time and how is it fitness related and how does that impact your day to day? Yeah, you know, Daniel, for me, my, my story is a little bit opposite of Elena's. I actually grew up, I was a really good athlete as a kid. Um, and I think the motivation there was I grew up in a very unhealthy household. Both my parents smoked, uh, didn't eat real healthy, you know, didn't exercise. And so that was, that really stemmed the motivation for me to sort of go out and and be the best athlete that I could be. And then once I finished high school, really sort of transitioned into endurance, um, sport. So when I was in college, uh, I just sort of 
you know, kind of stumbled upon the fact that I was actually a pretty good coach in the endurance world. And so that was really kind of the start for me. And, and my passion is cycling. And so I do a lot of coaching for our governing body um, for cycling and then also run a high school and, and um, really interscholastic mountain bike league here in Missouri. So that was, yeah, that was really my motivation. Yeah. Well, I mean, having it be that, that, I guess a, a personal passion for you must really have made the transition to bringing a wellness program to MTM all the more satisfying and, um, and also like it, it just came naturally, right? You sort of knew the approach and, and knew why it was important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, when we talk about wellness, it's, there's so much that goes into that particular word and that, you know, it, obviously it means physical wellness, but, you know, also that ability to, make better choices as far as nutrition goes, um, stress management. There's so much that really goes into that. And so one of the things that really always intrigued me when I came to MTM was creating that work-life balance. And I know Elena, you know, she preaches that with her employees. And that was always a big motivator of mine and just seeing these great companies that exist in our country that really preach that work-life balance and how we can bring better health to our employees. And so that, that's really what I try to deliver here at MTM on a daily basis. Absolutely. All right, Elena, Chris, let's get into the program itself. So you both started this wellness program more concretely at MTM in 2013. So what really spurred the creation of this? Was it an internal realization that, you know, as as leaders, you felt it was time to bring this to the company? Was it um, motivated by uh, feedback that you got from your employees? Or was it an external influence, you know, seeing culturally that more people were embracing fitness, so you wanted to bring that to the company? Was it a mix of both? Give me your perspectives. Yeah, I think it's all of those things. Most importantly, employees spend a lot of time at work. And we really started just looking around our company and noticing that a lot of our employees needed education and help motivating themselves to prioritize themselves. A lot of people, I think, put themselves last when it comes to their health and wellness. And somebody once told me, you know, you have to be physically and mentally healthy first to be a good parent, to be a good spouse, to be a good employee. And personally, it was such an important part of my life and my lifestyle that I wanted to make sure we were doing everything we could to help our employees do the same thing. Yeah, for sure. Chris? Yeah, you know, I think one of the things um, at MTM, we're actually self-insured. And so I think that really gives us a great opportunity to sort of look at, um, you know, information in real time about how the health and wellness of our employee pool looks. And, and you know, basically, you know, we can react to that and we can, we can make changes um, and implement programming for our health and, you know, for our employees' health to help them improve on a daily basis. So I, I think that was a really big area of opportunity for us, you know, as we implemented our program in 2013. So when you actually rolled it out, what were some of the specific programs that you tried to implement? And as you were maneuvering around, what's actually going to work? How did you get to the meat of it? How did you find out what really sticks and resonates with employees? And how did you realize that there were some programs that, felt more like shine over substance that didn't really didn't really hit home like you were hoping. I think one of our programs that we're most proud about is our smoking cessation program and it's evolved over the years in the beginning Chris and a few other staff at MTM actually managed it trained individuals 
And now we've migrated to a professional service to provide that service to our employees. But we've seen real benefits, people quitting smoking, people who had smoked for decades. And Chris can elaborate more on it on what how we migrated to the more professional service to make sure we could continue to provide the service, but it's had a strong impact on our employees' lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, Elena touched on it. I think, you know, and when we sat down in 2013 and really talked about how we could impact our employees' health and wellness most, we obviously started by going smoke-free in our campuses. You know, we really are addressing, you know, those chronic diseases or those lifestyle choices that people make that really just, you know, put themselves in, in poor condition, you know, things like, um, you know, having a bad diet, lack of exercise, you know, smoking, alcohol abuse, and really trying to focus on those particular areas, you know, so we can sort of reverse the trend on, you know, high cholesterol rates, heart disease, obesity, you know, type 2 diabetes, uh, hypertension, which is really big in, in the workplace, uh, stretch, stress management programs. And so, you know, we felt like going camp uh, smoke free in our campuses was really the first start of that, and we really took a, a calculated approach um, from that point forward in, in what we were going to do to sort of implement um, our programs that were going to make you know the most impact for our employees. The first thing we really did is we onboarded a health management dashboard, and what that allowed us to do was to to capture claims data and look at that real time. So basically claims that had gone in in the past 30 to 45 days and just really see what was affecting our employee pool and then being able to go out there and implement those programs, as I mentioned earlier, to make the changes to bring sort of instantaneous results. Um, that was that was really the first big um, launch for us back in, you know, back in that time frame. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess to avoid programs that don't really work for your employee base, you need to know what your employee base needs in the first place, right? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I mean, we did some, we did, obviously, we implemented a lot of different programs. And as you alluded to, things that, you know, we may have implemented and then we went away from. And one example of that would be like gym memberships. We, early on, we, you know, we instituted a gym membership program. And it was really nice when we were a little bit smaller of a company. But as we grew larger, as we became more spread out across the country, the program became a little bit, a little bit more difficult to manage. And then I think on, you know, secondary to that was just because you have a gym membership program doesn't necessarily mean that your employees are going to first of all use it, and then use right. it the right way. So we we really kind of moved away from that and actually went with more of an app-based uh, corporate wellness platform as as a way to sort of better educate our employees on on wellness. And see, that's important too. It's not just the the idea that you're giving them opportunities to participate in programs that promote health and wellness and stuff. But you know, I think a lot of people, me included, you know, a lot of people go through life not really knowing the best way to work out or the best way to stay fit for certain parts of your body or exactly what to eat. And like, yeah, you can watch a million YouTube videos, read up on blogs, or, or try your best and experiment. But but sometimes it's good to have that really focused one-stop shop to communicate all that information. Did you, uh, you know, was that really your goal when you rolled out something like an app that you, you really wanted to hammer home on the education aspect of this, even beyond just the, the general engagement? Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely true. There's a lot of different things that sort of went into our decision um, when we went to more of an app-based type program. And a lot of that was 
you know, we have employees, and Elena could probably allude to how many states that we're in now, but we're over in, in over 30 states. So we really needed to roll out something that was good for all of employees equally, also employees that were on our medical plans, but then also our employees that were not on our medical plans. We wanted to make sure that we rolled out something that was uh, inclusive for everyone. And so, you know, it the app-based program really kind of leveled the playing field and, and made everybody be able to participate um, and really focus on everything that we were already doing as a company, whether it's, you know, blood drives or uh, community service events, you know, integrating uh, wellness education videos. So making sure that all those different things that we did as a company, you know, basically, you know, went into one place where individuals could get points for that and earn incentives um, for their wellness. I think one of the great things about our program now is that we give employees ability to win back some of their health care dollars, let's call it. So we, if individuals do everything they're supposed to do in a quarter, and I'll say what that is, they get reward money back to help pay for their health care benefits. So we say, if you get your dentist, you go do your primary care visit, you donate blood, you have your health screening, you get points towards getting this reward money back. And so a lot of times we need an incentive. We need a, let's call it big brother approach to hold us accountable. Sure. And that's been very effective and it's engaged our staff at a higher level. And then last year at the end of the year, the employees who made the reward every quarter got an Apple watch and that really nice. was exciting. And gave some energy to the program. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, money motivates too, you know? So, uh, so yeah, I, I totally understand um, the power of an incentive to just get people thinking about it. And then you hope that, you know, once people get in the rhythm of, of incorporating health and wellness into their day-to-day, -day, that it becomes more than just something motivated by incentive, but they start to see the value in it. So I think what's so great about health and wellness is that Yes, it impacts um, you know, productivity at work, but it also impacts the company, the general attitude of the company, and it can also impact personal lives and you know really change how people take care of themselves and you know how how they act on a day to day basis. So, have you felt that this wellness program, um, since you really tried to build it into the company culture, has that affected your employees' personal lives? You know, have you gotten response that? Um, that employees are really changing how they view fitness and how they view health on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, we had one example out of many of an individual in one of our contact centers who had a scary life health situation, and he was very young and very overweight, and he, as a result, went and got his health screen. And he turned out that all of his um, indicators were in the right spot. And he couldn't believe that as unhealthy as he was, that he was still healthy. And he said, this is a chance for me to make a transformational change and not just continue what I'm doing, because it could have been a bad outcome. And he lost the weight. He sent us pictures. He talked about how life-changing it was for him. We've also had employees quit smoking and talk about how you know, their life has improved because their grandkids now will hug them. And just in our office, people go on walks on their breaks on a nice day, and they know that they're encouraged to do that, and they don't have to feel bad for doing that. And so it has just been a great program and a good feel, 
good program and changed our culture, I believe. Yeah, I absolutely agree with what Elena said. And I think, you know, one of the things to really understand about a wellness program is that you really want to impact those that don't practice wellness on a daily basis or haven't in their past. And so, you know, early on when we sort of came up with this plan and what we were going to do and how we were going to lay it out, you know, one of the things that you, you quickly realize is that those that already work out or those that came from a healthier background or a healthier upbringing, they're going to continue to do what they do. And, and so those are the individuals that we weren't necessarily targeting. It was the individuals right. that just were not into wellness or really had miseducation about working out or heart health or, uh, you know, obesity or how to eat properly. And so those are the individuals that, that you really try to focus on and all your initiatives are targeting. And so, you know, now that we, we've created a culture here that, you know, you see a lot more people that wouldn't necessarily get up from their desk. Now they're having walking meetings and they're going for walks and, you know, they're having meetings that way and getting outside and, uh, you know, trying to, trying to get their steps in for the day or, you know, a lot more of our, when we have little parties, maybe for birthdays or for particular holidays, they're much more healthier based. People are bringing in vegetables, they're bringing in fruit trays, um, they're exchanging recipes. And so I think there's a big carryover with those individuals at home. They bring those healthy habits home, you know, and, and sort of integrate that into their daily family life. And then how about at work? Because that's where, you know, I think you can see often some really tangible benefits when you have an, an employee workforce that is more mentally just aware, right? You know, people are, are honed in mentally. They are, um, they're awake. They feel fresh. I mean, all of that stems from being physically active and engaged and promoting health and wellness, both in how you eat and how you work out and all that good stuff. So have you felt that, um, since you've rolled this out, you've had a, a more productive workforce as well? No, I, I generally believe that. And I think that employees feel valued and they feel cared for. And that also gives back to a culture of, you know, we're a family-based company or privately held company. And I think it all is full circle. So they know that we actually care about them. And, but we also educate them that healthcare costs the company a lot of money and that they can really help us by focusing on their individual health as well. Yeah, I completely agree with what Elena said. And and I'll, I'll take it even one step further and she won't brag about herself, but Elena <laughs> practices what she preaches. So she's out walking every day and she sets, you know, and I think our upper, our executive level employees really set that example for the rest of the workforce. And so, you know, I would think that's probably one of the biggest, um, you know, barometers of success is making sure that you have that executive buy-in and, you know, our employees see Elena and our other executives out walking, you know, down in the gym on a daily basis and it really motivates them to to do the same thing. So yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. That kind of that kind of larger cultural push. You know, if you're trying to change how people live their lives, like y you need the kind of role model to um, to really show why it's important and really show why it works. You know, you can't really just hope that the incentives and and the cool programs will be enough. Like sometimes you really need to see it in action and you need to see peers, you need to see leaders really embracing um, said program or said initiative. 
our entire executive team is very fit and they work out and it's a priority in their lives and it cascades throughout the organization. And, you know, we haven't touched everybody's lives yet, but we keep working and keep tweaking the program to bring them along. So there's another layer to this, too, which I brought up at the very beginning, which was, you know, if these motivations weren't enough for a company to bring a program like this to their employees, there's also a surprising financial incentive here as well, in that you've found at MTM, this program has brought big health premium savings. So I wanted uh, to ask you to break that down for me a bit. To what magnitude did this affect savings for the company? Chris, do you want to share any data that you have? Yeah, I think, you know... it's so right now we offer, you know, as Elena alluded to earlier, you know, employees, if they get their wellness incentive all four quarters, they get a $750 wellness incentive, which gets directly put into their HSA uh, that they can use on medical expenses. And so I think what's happened now is it's really raised awareness company wide. And I think people, you know, we've had educational modules that we've put together. Our training department's done a wonderful job and really educating our employees to become better consumers of healthcare spend. And so I think our employees over the last few years have really done a a great job of understanding, you know, how healthcare works and how it impacts them every day. You know, when we talk about things like, you know, what do employees want, right? They want to be promoted. They want raises. They want year-end bonuses. And I think they see now how if they take better care of themselves and their health and they're spending less on, on healthcare spend, it, it's, it definitely impacts that bottom line. And so just as an example, we had a, um, just even a few years back, we were probably 40% or so over the industry average for ER visits. And so as we all know that it, it costs a lot more exponentially more to, to go to the ER versus maybe, you know, going to a, um, you know, your your primary care physician or even just using telemedicine. And so we, one of the first steps we did is really educate our employees on what those bottom line costs were. And then we integrated a First Stop Health, which is a telemedicine um, organization that we've partnered with, which basically, you know, employees can call in and talk to a physician within two minutes. There's no copay associated with that. And so what you're really seeing now is our healthcare spend going down as a result of people making better educated, educated choices. Yeah, definitely focused on ER use because a lot of people don't know that an ER is not a great place to go receive proper medical care in a certain situations. So we wanted to educate them when it was the appropriate place to use or inappropriate. And a lot of times people are told all the time, call 911 if it's an emergency or, you know, go to the ER. And so that's their first inclination. And so it takes a lot of education to help employees understand that there's better formats to use, cheaper and more accessible and less of a wait time. So we've been very excited about the success of that program. Yeah, I mean, any sort of incentive for people to save some money, especially on something like healthcare, which can be, you know, exorbitantly expensive sometimes, um, is definitely a big motivator. And I'm sure you get a lot of positive response from that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, again, we, you know, we, I think 
many people have misconceptions about the, the cost of healthcare, and I think a lot of that's driven by social media and obviously the marketing power that these drug companies and, and medical companies have. And so, you know, part of our goal was to really just, you know, sort of wipe the slate clean and re-educate our employees on, on right. the, the proper things to do, both from a medical perspective and from, from making proper drug choices and, and having the ability to ask the doctor, for instance, is there a generic for this particular medication? Because not only is this going to save me money, it's going to save my company money. And so, you know, a lot of times people just go to their doctor, you know, or go to the ER, their prescribed medication, and they don't question it. They run to the, the pharmacy, they get it filled. Um, you know, and many times it, it really hurts them deeply in the pocketbook. And so, you know, we trying to do our best to educate them that you do have choices. You can ask questions. You can go for that MRI, you know, to a place that's cheaper and maybe not right down the hallway that's, you know, to an organization that's partnered with a, a particular healthcare provider, which maybe that cost that MRI maybe twice or three times as much as you can get it down the street. So, you know, right. those, those choices are really important in educating our employees. So, Chris, it seems like this has been a big success at MTM. So now if you had to take everything you learned from rolling out this wellness program, uh, you know, both things that worked and things that didn't work, and, and really looked at how this affected your employees and how it affected um, health premium savings, how it affected company culture and people's personal lives and, and work productivity, if you had to bundle it all up and give some advice to another company that's looking to do the same thing, roll out a comprehensive wellness and health program, what would you tell them? You know, what would you say are some of the things that don't work you need to watch out for? And what are some of the things that they should be, you know, really excited about and they should really lean into? Yeah, absolutely. I think first and foremost, you have to get the executive buy-in like we alluded to earlier. I think it really starts from above. You know, the biggest thing is you want to create that culture of wellness in your company. And so, you know, you can, you could try to integrate as many, you know, programs as you'd like, but if you, if, your employee pool is not engaged or they're not buying into that culture, then it's you're really fighting an uphill battle. And so having that executive buy-in, it really starts there. You know, and then taking it one step further, you want to have a, a good solid plan in place and how, you know, taking your budget and how you're going to utilize that budget to make the most impact. And I would say, quite honestly, really focusing on those those lifestyle choices and those chronic diseases that really impact the bottom line every single day, not only in your individual employee's health, but in the company health as well with their medical spend. And so, you know, for us, again, it was sort of integrating that management dashboard that we could actually look at claims data in real time, because one of the things that we noticed back in 2013 is that a lot of times we would get you know, data that was over two years old or, or at least 18 months old, and we weren't you know, we weren't able to make the changes fast enough to impact our employee pool because a lot of times those employees, some may have moved on, you may have gotten others on board. And so, you know, we wanted to look at things in real time and then really onloading or onboarding those particular programs that are going to make the most impact. So as Elena mentioned earlier, we uh, onboarded a, a program called Real Appeal, which is basically a science-based weight loss program and it's offered at no cost to our employees that are participating in our medical plan. And that was, that was a real important uh, get for us because 
our employees are able to go out there and meet one-on-one -on -one with coaches on a weekly basis and really talk about true changes in lifestyle. And so I can tell you, just uh, we just had a, a, a meeting the other day and our employees in uh, 14 months time have lost over 1,700 pounds in that program. There's about 164 of our employees that are in wow. that program currently. Um, and then we really, I, I think smoking is a very impactful one. And we've, you know, we've talked a lot about that on this particular call. And we used to do the Freedom from Smoking program through the American Lung Association. And one of the things that we, that we realized and, and uh, is a really good takeaway is that, you know, smokers sometimes take six, eight, ten tries to be able to quit completely. And our original program that we had was very effective in helping employees quit. But... The thing was, we weren't able to to give the aftercare, right? To kind of keep after them and make sure that they hadn't right. fall off the wagon and stuff. And so we made the conscious decision to go out and find, again, a digital-based program that could really follow our employees and track them and help them on a long-term basis to make sure that they were able to not only quit smoking, but basically stay, you know, stay quit for an extended period of time until I really kind of got over that that rough patch uh, and those urges. And so that's been a very effective program for us. And then I think uh, to wrap up, you know, the disease management part of this. So unfortunately, you're going to have those employees in your company that were just dealt a bad card, whether it's genetics or, you know, they've unfortunately had some bad turns uh, in their health, you know, through adulthood. And so the best thing I think you can do from the, from, for those employees is to help them manage those particular programs. So that was, those would be your type one diabetics or people that just have in their genetics, maybe natural high blood pressure. And no matter how well they eat or how much they exercise, that blood pressure doesn't necessarily go down. So I think really going out and looking to partner with companies that help with that disease management and focusing on that really gives your employees the opportunity to make sure that they're taking the right amount of medication, they're doing it consistently, they're making the right lifestyle choices to, to see long-term health, which in, again in turn is going to keep their medical spend down and the company's medical spend as well. And I would just elaborate that with all businesses, everybody's tackled different problems. And so going and learning from other businesses that have been on the journey. You know, we've been on this journey for six years. We've seen a lot of things. We've tried a lot of things. We've been curious. We've gone to conferences. We switched our health benefit uh, broker who to be a company that we wanted to be more progressive and give us results and solutions. And so you just have to keep at it and you have to have a passion for it. And it can't be just uh, something you do in 90 days. You have to stay committed to it long-term to see it through. Yeah, I, I love this emphasis on on really being there for the employee from the beginning and until the end and then even after, right? It's, it's that fact that you're trying to build a community that encourages follow-up, encourages um, communication, and encourages the company to, to really help keep people... You know, not only responsible for for their own bodies, but you know, help there, right? And assist because sometimes, um, you know, getting off of an addiction 
or dealing with a disease or or something that um, you know wasn't just a bad term, but something you were born with, something that you can't do anything about. Uh, you know that that takes assistance and it takes community and it takes a good company culture um, to to really help people through that not only just in their work life, but through their personal life. So, you know, I think a program like this can really speak to something higher like that as well. Use the word community, which I think that's really what this is all about. We consider our employees and our company a community and a community foundation has broken down and today. And so this is a way to bring it back and to help people and to help their families. And we feel strongly about that. Well, Elena, Chris, I'd like to thank you both so much for joining me on the Healthcare Podcast today. It was a real pleasure getting to chat about this um, and you know, get your really expert opinions and insight on what makes a health and wellness program work at a company. And I know you both have that personal passion. I think that's what has helped this really take off for MTM is that there were people at the helm that bought into it before it was ever implemented. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see how MTM continues to lead the way with with a, a health and wellness program and with this you know, community-based wellness that you're trying to implement. So, Chris, Elena, thank you again so much. It really was a pleasure getting to chat today. Thank you. We appreciate the opportunity. Yes, thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous ones, you can head to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.